Amen. It's the greatest story. I'm thankful for it. Time my message this morning is simply this Christmas. Well, it took a lot of thinking, didn't it? Christmas. But because of Christmas, we have something very special. We have a lot of things that are very special because of Christmas. Because of what Christ means in our life. What a difference he brings in our lives, doesn't he? And uh, I thought about, you know, with what Christmas gives us, it gives us uh, an assurance. And I'm thankful for that assurance today. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you for the time that we have together. Thank you for all the folks that are here. Thank you for family. Thank you, Lord, for church family. Lord, it just blesses my heart every time we come here and we gather together with God's people. Just come apart from this old world. And, and Lord, we don't do it just on Christmas Day. We come here every Sunday. We celebrate your birth. We celebrate your life, your death on the cross, eternal life, the resurrection. Lord, we love you today. We thank you that we have something worth living for. We have something. We have you that makes a difference in our lives. Help us now understand a little bit about it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We find here in the book of Matthew about the birth of Jesus. We find out what was leading up to the time of his, of his birth. If you notice in verse number 21, it says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, and he went on and was saying that these things that have been telling you here, this is what was already told. It didn't happen all of a sudden this, at this moment that all this was revealed. It was revealed by the word of God. We can read many scriptures about it. We won't take time to do it. But we can read where the Bible foretold the Lord coming. The Bible said a virgin would conceive and bear a child. And by the way, it was a virgin. Uh, a lot of the new versions today say it was a young maid, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she was pure. And you say, well, what difference does it make? Well, it makes a big difference because if she was not pure, somebody, a human being, was the father of our Savior. And if he was the father of our Savior, our Savior, we would have to say, had tainted blood. Tainted blood could never wash away our sins. He was the Son of God. And the Holy Ghost came upon her. And so we read about what was going to take place and how that, how that uh, Joseph found out about this too. And, you know, this was all kind of strange now what's happening to him. And he's, I'm sure, thinking, you know, about marriage to Mary and how wonderful it's going to be. And, and all of a sudden finding out that she is with child and he knew himself, he had properly behaved himself and, and that she was pure. But the Lord had all the plans laid out and was going to do some miraculous, and it was a miraculous birth. And we read then in Luke chapter 2, if you go there with me. I think in 40 years, I've always read from Luke chapter number 2, and I didn't want to miss doing it today. Maybe some of you thought, he's not going to do it, but I am. What a wonderful story, Luke chapter 2. Yesterday, I guess, read it again when we opened our presents last evening. I had two little kids with me, and, uh, and uh, oh, I'll tell you what, sometimes kids get a little wiggly. And uh, they're there, they're anxious and that, but how sweet it is. And uh, uh, they took a picture of it, and I saw the two little ones in my lap there. And, uh, and it kind of looked like, looked like an Indian uh, because behind, I was sitting in front of my turkey mount that is, is full strut, and his tail goes right like this behind me. And so you look at the picture, it looks like I have an Indian headgear on. And uh, so uh, that's all right. And uh, but my wife looks like there's a bear standing on her head, so we're all right. But I read the story, and it's still a sweet story. Listen to it as I read it to you. And it came to pass in those days. 
that they went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. They all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Can you imagine this? And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. How about this? For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can you imagine what it would have been like? To hear those heavenly hosts praising God and singing. You know, one of these days, one of these days, I think one of the things about heaven is the sense of smell will be something like we don't even know now. I believe there's going to be the sense of smell of heaven, how beautiful it will smell. The sense of, of seeing will see so clearly. And all the beauty, all the colors like we've never seen them before when we get to heaven. But I think this also, the sense of hearing, to hear the angels of God singing. To hear the God, I, I don't know about you, but I got a blessing out of the songs today. And I, the choir, you all sound as good. I don't know what it is, Seth, but the choir practices, and I'm like sometimes going, oh. <laughs> no, I don't do that. But I, I hear them practicing, and they're learning a song, and I'm thinking, are they going to get it? And you know what they do, and they do, they do good in practice, but I don't know, there's something about it when they get up here and they sing. It's like God just says, all right, I'm going to plug you in now. <laughs> and I get such a blessing. The songs. And I think, can you imagine how it's going to be when we get to heaven someday, the, the sounds of heaven? Thank the Lord. But I look at the story here and I find it's an amazing story. Because here in Luke chapter 2, it gives us the account of his birth. The Virgin Mary was to bring forth a child. And this was not just any old child, it was the Son of God. How amazing that is. How amazing it is it was born of a virgin. Never happened before. And never has ever since. But it happened that time. See, preacher, is that hard to believe? No, I just believe the Bible. I just believe it. I mean, don't, don't you think if God could speak and the heavens come into existence, that he couldn't have a woman have a baby without an earthly father? Why, why, sure he could. If God could make a man out of the dirt of the ground, <laughs> he could, he could do, do all right with a baby too. And uh, I don't have any problem with that. But I do, I do admire Joseph. Joseph was not the father of our Savior. But I admire him. And he didn't just get rid of Mary. He didn't just put her out. But he took care of her. I mean, he watched over her. The Bible says he didn't know her until she brought forth her child. I mean, how the respect that he had for her. And taking care of her. And, and then with taking care of Jesus, the Son of God. What a, what a huge task. 
Now, in a way, it was huge, but in a way, it was simple because he had a baby that never sinned. Raise your hand if you ever had one of those. But he did. He, had, he was helping to raise the Christ child who never one time, never one time sinned. Why, he was God in the flesh. And you know what? I'm so glad Joseph, Joseph understood that, but he didn't back away saying, well, that's just too much for me. I can't do it. You know, I think he may have not had it written in Scripture yet, but I think he knew this. I can do all things through Christ. Why, there he is, which strengtheneth me. But oftentimes I think about Mary, too, at this time. She went through nine months of carrying baby Jesus. She went through a lot of times, I'm sure, of, of people thinking she was crazy for what she was saying. People thinking, well, you know what? She's not even married yet. She's with child. Don't you think they probably said some things about her? Sure, people did. People are cruel sometimes. I'm sure they said some things, mean things about her. I have to say this, things that were not true. You don't always realize this. People may say things, but God knows their truth. When I think about how that the time finally came, Joseph been so good and taking care of Mary, and they get to this place, and they're in this, this manger, and Jesus is born. Finally, it's time for the delivery. How anxious Mary must have been. How excited she was because she knew who she had within her womb was the Christ child. And that time came, and he was born. Oftentimes think about, you know, after a child is born, and I've seen it many a times, of course, having five, my wife having five kids, I just kind of was along for the ride. But having five kids, every time you go in that room and they hand you the baby, and you hold that baby in your arms. Every mom and dad that's ever done that, you look at that child and say, boy, I'm glad they don't look like the, my mother-in-law. And uh, I'm going to be serious for the rest of the service because i got a dirty look there. We look in that little baby's face, don't we? We think, boy, how cute it is. And you know what? Your baby is cute. And you look and think how sweet that baby is. And I don't know about you, but I've thought oftentimes, I can't wait until I hear him say, Daddy. I always look forward to that. I want him to say my name, Daddy. I look forward, I think, when we, we had a little boy. I was excited about that because now no more dolls. Amen. No more dolls. I'm thinking, boy, you know, this boy, we're going we're to be able to do some things together. And, and I remember we would, he, we would go in my room. I had this little, like, hunting room. I always had this little man cave kind of thing, you know. We'd go in there, and we'd lay down on the floor. And he'd go, he'd go, Daddy, tell me another story about a little boy named Mark. And I'd tell him about a hunting story about a little boy named Mark. You know, I dreamed about that as I held that little boy in my arms. I dreamed about it when I held my little daughters in my arms, too. And I thought, well, I can't wait till someday... That pretty little girl just, just calls my name. You know, don't you think Mary went through that too? Don't you think Mary looked in the, in the eyes, uh, there, her eyes upon the little baby Jesus and thought, I, 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 oh, my heart is so filled with love. Oh, I love him so much. And, and she, she had carried him for nine months, and now there he is. And knowing who he was, I'm sure, the excitement of her heart of all that was going to take place. I have a feeling Mary maybe even thought, you know what, I really don't want to ever put him down. She was like other mothers, looking forward to the day that he would crawl and would walk and speak, say words. 
she also knew this as she looked down at baby Jesus, that his life would not always be easy. Remember, the Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. She knew why he was coming. He was coming to die. No parent wants to go through the time of a death of their child. But many times that happens. Mary knew that her son, Jesus, was going to die for our sins. She knew his destiny was going to be hard because she knew he was the son of God. I don't know if she really comprehended everything that was going to happen. But I'm sure it was bad enough when she thought there's a lot of people not going to believe it. Because she knew already a lot of people didn't believe that her, she was still a virgin and having this baby. How are they ever going to believe that he is the son of God? But Mary was going to be able to see the many miracles. Watched him cause the blind to see. Can you imagine Mary thinking, boy, this is awesome. Look at him. Look at him. I remember when I, was, when I was in school and played football. I remember I think it was seventh grade football. And uh, my dad hardly ever, I don't know, I, th- I can only remember this one game he ever was able to come to. He came to a game, and, and I remember him. When, when I went out there on the field, I heard somebody say this. That's my boy. And I looked up, my dad. He was proud of me. And I didn't do very well. He was just glad I got up off the bench and walked out in the field. Because that's my boy. How excited he was for me. And he sat up there and he watched me play. Can you imagine how Mary must have been watching Jesus as he performed miracles? Can you imagine her saying, watch this. Watch, watch that lame man. He's going to walk in a minute. What do you mean, Mary? He's, he's crippled. He can't walk. You just watch. Jesus caused him to walk. The blind to see. Those with leprosy to have skin that was pure once again. She saw those miracles. She held that baby in her arms thinking, what's what's the future? All the future was wonderful watching these miracles. She got to see the love of the Savior for the people. But then she saw also the Savior on the cross of Calvary. Can you imagine how hard that must have been? I think we as parents know this. We have a hard time when our kids get sick. They get the flu or they get an earache or a sore throat or, you know, whatever. And and, and it hurts us. Imagine Mary was, she loved Jesus so much and he carried him for nine months. And and then what happened? Saw the great things that he did. Yes, people, people said awful things about him. But, you know, she saw him on the cross. She listened to the doubters and the haters. None of us like anyone to say mean things about our children. But there was a lot of people who said a lot of mean, bad things about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure Mary heard that. But it was that Christmas day that she held the Son of God. She looked at that little baby and knew that he was the one that would bring joy, peace, and love to an old sin-cursed world. We sing this song, and I don't think we think about it sometimes. We sing this song, Joy to the World. And surely we can have joy today, can't we? 
because of Jesus. We can know what love is all about because the Bible says God is love. Without God, you cannot know love. You know lust, but not love. You know what peace is. Peace is not for the Soviet Union to turn, turn around and walk away. Peace is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I can lay my head on the pillow at night and have that perfect peace. You say, but preacher, what if something should happen? What if a bomb would drop? Or what if I die of a heart attack? Thank the Lord for a place called heaven. You have peace. Today we're so busy with our celebrations. And we sometimes, and I think this is what's happened in our world, and it has for a long time, we forget about the celebration of his birth. Of his birth. Someone wrote this, if our greatest need had been information, God had, would, would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. I'm so glad today our sins can be forgiven. You walk around, some man, they just weigh me down. Why? Why allow that to happen? Come to Jesus and he could take those sins and they won't weigh you down anymore. He'll take them as far as the east is from the west. Buried in the deepest sea. The same things that God said. What sin? We sing the song, what sin you talking about? God says, I remember them no more. We're so blessed because we have a Savior. And when I think of, of our Savior, I, I think of Matt, back to Matthew chapter 2 and in verse 23. The last part says, Emmanuel, his name sh- they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is, and here it is, God with us. We're so blessed. Just a couple things I want to give you this morning. We'll be done. And that's this, number one, God is with us. God is with us. I'm glad I'm not alone. Amen. You know, I, I always I think of the little story of a little little kid was in bed at night and and uh, and Mama was in there praying with him and and uh, she said, "Now you go to sleep." I said, "Mama, uh, uh, you know, uh, you you stay here with me." And she said, "This." She says, "No, honey, don't worry about it. Jesus will be with you. He will never leave you. He won't forsake you. He'll be with you." And she walked out of the room. She heard the little boy cry out. I said, "Mama." She came in there and said, said, son, I told you that, that Jesus will be with you. He said, Mama, I know that, but I want someone with skin on them. <laughs> you know what? It brings us comfort when you know somebody's there to take care of us. Let me tell you something. There's somebody who will take care of you. You're running around fearful. You're running around. You don't know what you're going to do. You're running around saying, what is going to happen? Do you know what? That's why Washington does not determine my joy and peace. They can go out there and do the craziest, stupidest things, which they're doing. But I have a God in heaven that gives me peace today. Did I know that all it's going to take is a Trump sound. Somebody thought I was going to talk about another president of them. But there's going to be a trumpet sound. And we that are alive and remain should be caught up together with him in the heavens and glory. Thank the Lord we'll be out of here. We won't have to worry about a congress or a president or a vice president or anything else like that. Because we have a savior. Hey, by the way, we cannot worry. We don't have to worry about it now because we have the savior right now. God with us. God was showing us his love for us. In John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. 
I'm so glad God loved us like that. What's so wonderful about this love is this, that it's always his love. He's always with us. God with us. Emmanuel means God with us. Matthew 28, 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever. I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The Lord said, I'm with you all the time. You know what you need to do is look around. He's there. Pay attention to him. <laughs> this morning, Andy, you about walked into me, didn't you? Andy, he was, he's coming around the corner up there, and I was standing on the other side of the uh, water fountain. And he had his head down just walking there, probably admiring his shoes or something. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he come walking around, and I was standing. I saw he wasn't looking, and I, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to let him walk right up to me. And he did. He got right up there, and I went, hey! And he went, <laughs> Now, the thing was, he didn't know I was there until I went, Hey! Maybe that's what the Lord's got to do to us sometimes. Wouldn't it be something if we just quit looking at the floor and start looking around saying, you know what? I have Emmanuel. That is God with us, that he's there with me all the time. You say, I don't see him, but that doesn't mean he's not there. He's still there. I look and I think how that God's been with us. The Bible tells us, I believe even it's forever. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Even through the valley of the shadow of death, he'll be there. Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, thank the Lord. He's God with us. He's there all the time. And may I say this for your future information? He will always be there. All the time. The Bible says, Hebrews 13, 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Now, you know what? Most of us could have helped me with that verse at the end of it especially. We could say that over and over again. Let it sink in. He never will leave us or forsake us. Isn't that good? He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 18, 24, a man that hath friends must show himself, himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I thank the Lord for brothers. But you know what? I'm glad I have a Savior. Because my Savior's all the time. I was trying to want to spend when we were out in Indiana. I want to spend some time with my brothers and my one brother. He's always got something going on. And I'll tell you, I was hurt. I felt bad about it. And uh, I, I called ahead of time and said, listen, we're going to be out there. Can we make some time? And, you know, I'd like to spend some time with you. And uh, he said, yeah, yeah, we can. And then I got there, and he said, well, just can't. This won't work. This won't work. And I finally came to the point where I said this. I said, I'll tell you what. You let me know when it's good for you, and then I will be there. Just call me. I'm still waiting for the phone call. And I'll tell you what, it hurt me. It really did. It hurt me. I, I want to spend time with my brother. But you know what? I don't have to do that with Jesus. I said, Lord, I need you. He goes, I'm here. Lord, I need you to guide me. I'm right here to guide you. Lord, do you have time? God says, I always have time. What a God we have. What a Savior today. And we have that assurance that God is with us. And then secondly, God is in us. 
God is in us. Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of, his, of the glory uh, of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is, here it is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You say, well, preacher, how is it possible that Christ is in us at the moment of salvation? When we trusted Christ as our Savior, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came to dwell within us. When we, look at the, when we look at the Trinity, and when I say that, we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean God the Father is most important, God the Son second most important, God the Holy Ghost third important. That is not what it means. They are all God. They are all very important because they're all God. And when I got saved, God, by way of Holy Spirit, came to live within me. And you too when you got saved. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That we are his. And, 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 and he's, he's there today. And, and, and that moment we got saved, he's in us to guide us. Boy, I need guidance, don't we all? You know, sometimes I look and I, I pray. I, I, every, every week, you know, as I prepare sermons, sometimes some folks have said, you know, man, that's a lot of sermons to get ready every week. And, and it is. And, and I look at, I'll be honest with you, tonight after the service, I'm going to go, I gave everything out. Well, you're going to do it tonight. I'm just going to sit there and sleep. But uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to say, I gave everything out. Lord, i got to have something else. And, you know, and if you've been here very long, you know every time we come together, I've got something. Because you know what? God doesn't run out. I'm glad that he guides us. I always pray, God, what do you want me to preach? I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, on Sundays, I have two sermons and on my Sunday school lesson. I know what I'm going to teach for Sunday school because it's called Sunday school lesson. But the Sunday morning, Sunday night, I don't prepare a sermon necessarily for Sunday morning or necessarily for Sunday night. I prepare two sermons, and then I say, God, guide me. Which one should I preach when? God guides on that. Rex, I'm sure you found that in evangelism, too. He goes to a church and says, Lord, what? He has, he has a bunch of sermons. And he, he could go through any one of those sermons. But we were talking about, I think, yesterday or the day before, and said about how that, you know, you don't just go there and just, well, I think I'll pull this one out. It's always just, God, guide me. I'm so glad that we have Jesus that's able to guide us. But he's not only guiding us, he comforts us. Isn't it great to be comforted? That's what a wife does for a husband. It's supposed to. Sometimes she doesn't do it, but most of the time she does it. Well, she comforts. And I go, oh, man, I really messed up. Every sermon I preach, my wife thinks it's a wonderful sermon. I married a big liar. <laughs> and I go, and I get in the car, and she goes, that was a really good sermon. And I go, man, I had a hard time with that one. I don't think that went very well. And she goes, oh, you do a good sermon all the time. I got to keep her now. There's no one else going to say that. Hey, man, please don't say amen. But you know what? God comforts us. He comforts us. Oh, a wonderful thing of being comforted, huh? You, know, you, you sit down next to the person you love and you find it so comforting. You know, sometimes we just sit in front of the fire. You know, we're, I mean, we're old, but we're not dead. Okay, we look at sometimes, but we're not dead. We'll sit in front of the fire and, and you know, it just, just find the comfort, just talk with each other. You know, we sing the song, He Walks With Me and He Talks With Me. The Lord's with us all the time, isn't He? Isn't that a comfort? He's there, he comforts us, and he teaches us, and he empowers us to do what he wants us to do. I thank the Lord, he's that great teacher. 
I look back in life and I think of many teachers in my life and I thank God for most of them. <laughs> Amen. But I thank the Lord for the teachers that I had in life. But I'm so thankful that he teaches me things and he comforts me and he guides me. It's wonderful to know that he's there. He's in us. That's such a wonderful assurance, isn't it? The Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, we talked about in my Sunday school lesson. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you might know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. How good it is to know you're saved. So we have God with us. We have God in us. And then the last one is this, that God is for us. He's for us. Isn't it great to have people for you? You know, some people go, I've had people like this go, I don't like you. You know what I want to say? I don't like you either. <laughs> I say that's what I want to say, but I try not to say it. But you know, God, to think about this, God's for us. Romans, let, let's go to it real quick, all right? Look, Romans chapter number 8. Just skipped it. There we go. Romans chapter 8. Look at verses 31 and 32. Now we're talking about God's for us. The Bible says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You see that? God's for us. Now understand something. These are two verses just before verses 28 and 29. Back up there. Aren't these verses comforting? And ye know, and we know that all things work together for what? Good to who? Them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know, you think about this. How many times we find comfort in that? And this is what he talked about in verses 31 and 32 then, that, you know, God's for us. Oh, man, I'm so glad he's for us. I'm glad he's there all the time. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. You know, they talk about, oh, Putin's talking about the, the, the nukes. And Iran talks about the nukes. And uh, the little guy there in North Korea talks about the nukes. Now, let me tell you something. I want to talk about Jesus. Because you know what? They can have all the nukes they want, but I know there's a God in heaven to take care of me. He said, Preacher, what if they drop one? You know what? If they're going to drop it, don't drop it in Altoona. Drop it right on top of me. Because that means I get to go first. Because you're not going to scare me with heaven. And he said, well, that's going to be a terrible thing. No, no, I'm going to take that last breath. That means this, to be absent from the body is to be where? Present with the Lord. You know, they may say, well, we'll push a button and annihilate you. You can't annihilate me. You're just going to transfer me. Right. Yep. I'm going up. Amen. You know, people say, man, I'm just scared to death. I'm not so scared because I know where I'm going. But I'm glad he's for us. He's for us. 
I know I've told this story many a times. When we started our church almost 40 years ago now, there was there were some folks didn't want us to start a church. And I remember I remember even after we were here for a while, the barn down here, other people lived in that house before we bought it, and uh, they built a barn. And word got around town, that's their church. We're going to be Barn Baptist Church. And they said, they're, I think what they are is a bunch of carpetbaggers. You know, they just come through and they're here for a while and they go on. <laughs> I'm like, 40 years later, we're still carpetbagging. <laughs> hey, man, 40 years later, this man, they're just, they're just going to be here for a little while. They'll be gone. And you know what? They're still putting up with us. And I'm still, I'm sure they go by and they go, look, and it's still King James Lane. Amen. But you know what? We started, a man called me one day after a couple years. We had the church. He called me up and he said, you know, Brother Biter, I wasn't for you at first. He said, but now I'm for you. Now you're excited about it. I wasn't thrilled. Because my thought was this. Too bad. God was for me at the beginning. I'm glad he came to his senses. You know, he came to his senses and, you know, he finally said, I'm for you now. That's really great. But you know what? Every time I got on my knees, I didn't pray, oh, dear pastor so-and-so. I said, dear Jesus. The Lord said, I'm here. Well, I'm going to be in you. I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be for you too. Because I remember we prayed. There in Indiana, we pray. Say, God, we're not sure what you want us to do. Should we go back to Pennsylvania? Should we start Heritage Baptist? We didn't even know the name then. You know how we got the name? We got the sword of the Lord. Start looking through for good names. I saw the word heritage, and I thought, you know what? That's what God gives us, a good godly heritage. I remember we prayed, though, in Indiana, saying, God, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know where you want me to go. You know, I'm glad that God was for me. He said, I want you to go, I want you to go Pennsylvania and go start a church. And I didn't know how to do it. I'd been an assistant pastor with a man who started a church, but I really didn't know about it myself. But I know God's with me. I know God's for me. When we started it, there were some people who didn't like it. But you know what? Every time I got on my knees, I didn't pray to those people. I prayed to God in heaven that said, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm so thankful this morning that God's so much for us that he wants us to come to heaven someday. It's almost hard to understand that God would want to bring us to heaven. That just shows us how much he loves us. Yesterday, when Dan called me, my son-in-law Dan called, he said, Wesley, what was it? Early in the morning, they called. He said, hey, he said, uh, uh, you know, will you need us to bring anything? We'll be there tomorrow. And I said, no. I said, uh, he said, we're going to come. Any certain time you want us to come? I said, well, we're going to eat at one. You just come any time. And, uh, uh, and then, then I, I said this. I said, he said, well, what time do you want us to? I said, well, you can come right now if you want to. I was just teasing Okay, I was being honest too. I really wanted him to come, but I was I was kind of just joking with him. 
He goes, yeah, okay, all right. And then he hung up. And then he called a couple hours later and said, our, our, our electric's off. It's 35 degrees in our house. Could we come? I said, sure. <laughs> when they got there, I said, you know, I was just teasing when I said you could come any time. He said, can we come and we stay the night? I said, yeah, you can stay the night. And you know what? I'm for them. I love them. They're, they're my children. My grandkids. Don't you know that God loves us? And yesterday when all the kids were there in the house, you know what I found myself doing? What old men usually do? Sit down and watch them. <laughs> do I have a testimony on that, fellas? I sit there and I'm watching them. I don't get down on my knees and play games. It's too hard getting back up. And I watch. I sit there in my chair, and they're all around, all different groups. You know, you had the teenagers talking to each other, and the ladies and the men. They're all the different groups there, and they're standing around talking. I'm sitting in my chair, the old man chair, just sitting there rocking. I'm thinking, thank you, Lord. I'm sure I'm enjoying these folks I love. And when it was time for them all to go home, and I joke about the best thing about family coming to visit is when they leave but that's not true I watch as those taillights go down I, and when the house gets quiet I'm a little bit depressed because I sure enjoy the family do you know God loves us more than I could even love my family and he's sure looking forward to us coming home coming home to him someday you imagine him welcoming me. You know, people say, well, when Peter opens the gates, I'm, I'm like this. Peter, get out of my way. Peter, I thank you for your testimony, and I want to talk to you about your denying the Lord again. But I, I'm, I'm, I thank you, but let me see he who has scars in his hands, the one who loves me more than anybody, my Savior. He loves you so much today, he wants you to go to heaven. I wonder, do you know him as your Savior? If you died right now, do you know for sure you go to heaven? He made a way for us, and he wants us to come to heaven. And if you do know the Lord as your Savior, understand he's with us. He's in us, and he's for us. He says, that's my child. And you know what we could do? We could look back and say, and that's my God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much again for the time this morning. Lord, I know it's a busy time of the year, but I am so glad there are people that will take the time to come to church as we celebrate your birthday. Lord, I'm glad we could really do that 365 days a year. You're so good to us. and We love you. And thank you for making a way for us to have eternal life. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying on that cross for our sins. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed to you this morning. Maybe you're here and you say, well, you know what, preacher, that all sounds pretty good, but I just, I just don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. I couldn't tell you that. I'm, I'm positive of it. I, I want to. I, I, I think maybe I would, but I'm going to ask you this morning once again, as I do every week, 
Do you know, do you know right now for sure you're going to heaven? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning say, Preacher, maybe you've been here for a long, long time. But in your heart you can say, Preacher, you know what? I'm not sure of heaven. Man, if, if, I, if I stopped breathing, if something happened to me and I, I was killed in a car wreck, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. You know what? You can be sure. That's assurance that you can have. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning say, Preacher, I just don't know. But I'd like to settle it today. I'd like to settle that. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, pray for me. I'm not sure of heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me, preacher. Christian, this morning, you know the Lord's your Savior. You know he's there. You know what we'll do? We'll act like he's there. We'll talk with him in prayer. We'll walk with him. We'll to seek his advice. We'll to follow him because he is there all the time. Remember, he promised, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. What a wonderful Savior. We celebrate his birth. We celebrate also the fact that he lived a perfect life. And then he died on the cross. Easter time, we celebrate that. We celebrate his resurrection. But today, we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Maybe God spoke to your heart. Altars open. If you're not sure of salvation, still, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you're not sure, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we